Welcome to the podcast, Leadership is the Conversation, a discussion with today's top business leaders on topics to keep busy professionals informed. Today in the studio, we have our usual cast of Tom Meyer, Jim Dixon, and Ron Kripe of Equus Consulting. And we have a special guest in Feruza Dittmar, Regional Property Manager with Sheehan Property Management. And I'm your host, Rick Ainsworth. Something you and I had, or we had a conversation earlier about, of, of looking outside your organization. You know, when you talk about big organizations, diversity, equity, and inclusion means one thing. But when you look at um, the mom-and-pop organization, or your organization, which is a relatively small organization, diversity, equity, and inclusion has to mean something different because you don't have the number of people within the organization. Yeah, so so for me that was a real pivot point in um, in my master's program. For me, I always thought, you know, DEI work is within your four walls and what right. do you do with the humans that you have? Um, and it is so much more. And even even in, in the parameters of a smaller uh, corporation, right, you, you approach it differently. I can't create all these different groups and these resources and all these things because right. I've only got 50 people I'm working with. Sure. And financially, right. there's limited resources as a result of that just because of the company's size. So in, in, within our four walls, we look at things like how do we educate? Mm-hmm. How do we provide our employees resources? And it started with us, and that's how we were connected mm-hmm. with Tom. Right. How do we understand what this concept is and then push downward, right, Like and educate? Um, as far as taking it outside of those walls, that for me was this just mind-blowing, eye-opening opportunity. Um, it doesn't matter what arena you're in. You have the ability to affect a larger group of people than just, let's say right now, the five of us sitting around this table, right? Mm -hmm. And so how do I give back? How Mm -hmm. do I provide my knowledge to the community that I operate within? My allyship. My allyship, absolutely. And then you can take it even to another level where when I am working with vendors, how am I obtaining my vendors? You know, am I just looking for that lowest cost or am I looking at interviewing companies that are minority owned or women owned, uh, you know, like, am I, am I looking at all that? Or am I just looking at the biggest global company out there? Right. You know, and then I also think that there's that piece of giving back. So one, one thought that I've always had, there's a lot of really wonderful um, organizations and nonprofits in the indie area that mm-hmm. say, you know, here, youth, come to us. We're going to help you put together a resume. We're going to help you learn how to interview. We're going to give you the proper clothing so that you can be successful in your interview process. And we're going to lead you on that way. That's great. But what can I help? How can I make a difference there? And the way that I see that is with my experience within property management, maybe I take a group of these these women that are, are given these resources and say, okay, I've given you a great re- a resume now, but are you interested in property management? Let me, mm-hmm. let me train you. Right. Let me train you. Let me mentor mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not property management, maybe it's sales driven. So how do, how do I make that difference? And I think that as individuals and as a groups and as families and as organizations, if we push outside 
of our comfort zone, of those four walls, of our homes, of our businesses, of our churches or our places of worship, how many more people can we reach? Right. Well, and, and you bring up an interesting concept that I firmly believe in. We silo ourselves in our work. I work at Shein Group. I work at this insurance company. We're kind of siloed there. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is our impact goes well beyond the four walls we exist in. Yes. We, we live in a community. Mm-hmm. I have an impact in my community. I, I go to a, a church or a synagogue. I have an impact in that church and synagogue. So our reach is far beyond just our work. Yes. In our line of work, we really have to be aware of cultural differences. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's different things. There's, you know, Deloitte always says there's six traits to an inclusive leader. And one of them is um, the, uh, the cognizance of understanding what our biases are mm-hmm. and the, the, the desire to continue to learn. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's so important. You know, if you have never traveled outside of the state of Indiana or the city of Indianapolis, you've never been in an airplane, never you've never gone to your country, you've never been mm-hmm. outside the country, right? It's much more difficult to interact with people from different cultures and different countries because every one of us is so unique. And so I think it's really important that in our industry that we have this sense of awareness of the different traditions that Mm -hmm. come along with different countries and the different religions that come along. With, with with people from different countries and from all over the world. And the more knowledge we have about this and the more we're willing to educate ourselves and to put away some of our biases mm-hmm. and to learn so that we, we rise above, I guess, our biases, yeah. the better I can serve these 3,500 mm-hmm. people that I'm responsible for. Well, and, and I'm, I'm going back to a conversation we had at lunch where you talked about your name as being a point of pride for you. Yes. And it was a point of misunderstanding and, and in some cases aggression Yes, from other people. Talk, talk a little bit about that because that's a part of, you know, all of us just understanding that what, what we might see as problematic could be someone's point of pride. Yeah. 100%. And vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I, I go by Feruza. My name is actually Firuze. And um, my maiden name is Abadi, so it's Firuza Abadi. And I have anglicized that and go by Firuza. And people have always, my entire life, have tried to give me nicknames. And I was like, nope, nope. that was my grandmother's <laughs> name. I am, I'm proud to be an Iranian woman. I am proud to be named after my grandmother. And you will call me Firuza. Like, I've already done you the favor. <laughs> I've already exactly. anglicized my name. Like, leave it alone. Um, and there are so many times that I have seen people over the course of my my history in this industry, um, just there there's hard names out there, and I get it. Oh, I mean, sure. mine's one of them. I I absolutely get it. Um, we have people that come in, and and you look at the name, and it's it can be intimidating. Yeah, it's the way. And in, it's so basic. It is. It's, it's such a. It's the core of your identity. Your name. It is. It is. It's that first label we're given. Yeah. When we when we we're born. Yeah. Right after the doctor says, it's a boy, it's a girl. <laughs> so that's that first label you get. And then it's, what's their name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that's, that's that. And we all have these labels that we live under for the entirety of our lives. And so it's, it's so simplistic, you know, take the time and say, how do you pronounce your name? Mm-hmm. And then use it. Mm-hmm. And if they give you an Americanized version, would you like me to call you that? Mm-hmm. Is that your preference? Yeah. To take mm-hmm. those, just those small moments of time and then try. Small graces. Small graces. And, you know, if, if it is a difficult name, Write a note to yourself. This is how you pronounce it, just like you did in the email where you introduced me. Like, this is how it's pronounced. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, to take those couple of seconds to do that, um, it's just so important because there is, for many people, there's a great deal of pride um, connected to our names. So this is why I think you are going to be so incredibly impactful emotionally in this work. You have, like many of us, experienced... Um, the, the, the darker side of, you know, having an unpronounceable name or a misunderstood name. And yet there is a level of just analytical rigor that you bring to the table of, let me just understand where people are coming from and why that might be difficult. And like, there's a level of grace and acceptance and tolerance that you bring not only to normalizing your own experiences, but then using that as an educational platform to say, it's not like you, you know, you're crashing through the world with an axe to grind. Oh gosh, no. You're basically saying, hey, look, these have been my experiences. Some have been painful, some have been rewarding. And I want all of this to be a platform to educate other people, to, to, to raise this conversation of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging to a human level, not to a numbers level, but to a, you know, this is how we impact the people that live in our properties. This is how we make life better for the people that we, that we work with day to day. This is how we, you know, approach our clients and our vendors with a level of respect. And mm-hmm. it's, I, I'm so excited for you to get the master's. And by the way, I want to give you an opportunity to say, what exactly is the master's title? Yeah, so um, I chose the University of Oklahoma, and yeah. they it is a human relations degree. Um, it's an inclusive leadership with an emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and social justice work. Love it. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be so... Well, not going to be, because that's future tense. <laughs> you are very impactful. Thank you, Tom. So as we come down the home stretch of this part of the conversation, because you will definitely um, be coming back, I would love, and I know you would love, and everybody else here would love to see people take this topic into the front seat, um, you know, make it something that is very, very personal for them. Um, so I'm going to give you the, the the mic to share the story of your daughter and the Dairy Queen. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I was driving home one day with my daughter, who's 22 years old. So she's she's a grown woman, and we're sitting there, and, um, and they're tearing down a tremendous amount of buildings right now in our downtown area. And so my daughter says to me, you know, why – why are they doing all this? Like, why are they taking down the Dairy Queen? Like, what's going on? And so my poor kid should know better than to ask her mom a question like that because it's never a real easy answer when it comes to me. Um, and I, I launch into this entirely, like almost a dissertation-like explanation about um, 
disparate impact and the implications <laughs> of it and <laughs> you know gentrification of the neighborhoods and and how there's the connection between gentrification and disparate impact and you know 30 minutes later my my daughter looks at me and she goes mom I just wanted to understand what Dairy Queen I needed to go to now. Like, <laughs> I did not care. <laughs> and I said, but Victoria, you should care. You should care. You should care. And let me explain to you now how that affects you, like how you've yeah. been affected by this. And and so like you were saying, Tom, quite literally, I brought it to the front seat of the conversation. Yeah. And in this case, it was the front seat of our car. Um but it's so it's so very important that everybody understands how these things affect each and every one of us yeah. on a very personal yeah. level every single day. Well, and I and I know that you and I have had those preachy conversations with <laughs> yes. family members and friends who did not have any idea what they were going to be on the receiving end of when they ask a very innocent question. And I know there are a lot of our listeners that have had those same kind of conversations inside their own families and their own very tight circles of influence. And when you're having that conversation and you're the one, you know, that is getting the eye roll, like, <laughs> are, do, you, do we need to talk about this again? Um, you can feel very alone. It can feel like you're not backed up by the larger culture or, um, you know, the, the, the larger message. And, and I guess what I would want to share and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it is you're not, you're not alone. The, we, there are lots of us that are having those front seat conversations. We just now have to connect with other people that are right. having those front seat conversations and understand the importance of that. And, you know, it's interesting to me, like you said, you alluded to, to having these conversations with family and friends and, and yeah. it being a lonely place at times. That is one thing that I have really learned through this, this journey of getting my master's degree. Believe it or not, I would struggle at times to find <laughs> my voice in those situations where I would hear somebody say something that I knew just wasn't Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to be that person, right? <laughs> right. Like correcting right. everybody every step of the way. I just didn't want to be that uh, person. So and, many of us can relate. Right. <laughs> and so now I have really learned to find my voice and to to use it appropriately and to, yeah. to know what words are, are good words. And like we have talked about in the past, words do matter. Yeah. And if I come at you in an aggressive way, it doesn't matter what my, like, I've used the wrong words. I've used the long, wrong delivery, and I've lost you in the process. Right. And so I've learned how to, not to, to, to mute my passion, right. but to use the appropriate word choice, to understand my audience, yep. and to be able to, to give the information in a way in which it's going to be best received. And that is one of the greatest gifts that this program has given me. Mm. Because it doesn't matter how much passion you have, you have to have the knowledge and the education behind the passion to make a lot of change yep. in a larger circle. Mm -hmm. um, and I am, I will forever be grateful for this opportunity. Well, and I'm, and I'm also reminded of um, the benefit that the program has had for you. I, I know personally that you've also had the benefit of some really good friends, mentors, and colleagues. Um, one we'll give a shout out to, uh, our dear friend, Katrina Green. Yes. Who um, spearheads fearlessly the HR function at Sheehan. Um, and, and she has a wonderful way to use three words that have become a bit of a mantra for you. Do you want to share those? Yeah, so they absolutely have become a mantra for me. And it is very simple. It's good, right, and fair. 
Yeah. And so every time. I love that. Yes. And it's, they're, they're easy words. They're not yeah. even big words, yeah. right? It's very, very simple. <laughs> but I, I look at a lot of things through that lens. Is that good, right, and fair? Yeah. In every, in, you know, for me personally in property management, it has to be good, right, and fair for my owners because I have a fiduciary obligation mm-hmm. to them. It has to be good, right, and fair to my employees mm-hmm. because I have a responsibility to them. But it also has to be good, right, and fair to my residents because I also have a responsibility to them. And so in our world, those three words have to align for all three of those groups. And they are so Mm -hmm. incredibly important. And I have taken it outside of that world. And I'll forever be grateful to Katrina for those three words because it's so succinct. But I take it now into my personal world. Is it good, right, and fair? Yeah. Thank you, Feruza, for sharing your experiences and insights with our listeners today. Join us next time as we continue our conversation. We also invite you, our listeners, to join in the conversation by leaving your comments on our website at www.equisconsulting.com. All views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent the views of any organization, employer, or group.